Hello, my name is Jessica Ramirez. I'm from Bell Direct. And today I'm at the offices of Magellan Financial Group with the company's co-founder, chairman and CIO, Hamish Douglas. Hamish, thank you so much for having us. A pleasure to be here with you. Well, thank you for having us in your offices. So first up, congratulations on creating one of the most successful funds management firms in Australia. So we know the world economy is slowing. So what does this mean for investors? Well, it's interesting. The world economy, you're absolutely right, Jessica, the world economy is slowing at the moment, but markets have been very strong. And normally you'd expect when there's a lot of uncertainty, we've got the trade disputes with, uh, with China at the moment, uh, we've got slowing economies, we've almost got a recession in Germany, we've got Brexit going on, yet the markets have been really strong. And, and, and what's the reason for that? And it, it's about interest rates. Uh, the US Federal Reserve changed its position at the beginning of this year. It was tightening interest rates at the end of last year, and as it was tightening interest rates, markets were going down. And now that they're loosening interest rates again, and the expectation is we're probably not going to see another interest rate rise from any major central bank in this cycle. And as interest rates go down, that's actually very supportive for asset prices. Warren Buffett has described interest rates as the gravity of markets. The lower the interest rates, the higher the markets, and the higher the interest rates, the lower uh, are markets. And actually, the uncertainty in the world is putting further pressure on the central banks to further reduce interest rates. And we may well see most um, uh, central banks in most of the major economies, take their interest rates close to zero or even negative, as we're seeing in some countries uh, uh, around the world. And it's creating quite an investment dilemma uh, uh, for people, you know, trying to grapple with the uncertainty uh, and slowing growth in this new world of zero to negative interest rates. No investor has been around. You'd have to go to the 1930s to find an environment from a sort of monetary policy setting uh, to the world we're in. Uh, today, and I'm not predicting it's going to happen exactly like it played out in the 30s, which 37, we had a major downturn uh, uh, again uh, there. But that's what I'd say what's going on at the, uh, at the moment, slower growth, lower rates, supportive of asset prices. And so you mentioned this key theme, you know, lower for longer interest rates. So given this issue, how are you positioning your global portfolios? That's a great question. If, if you think about where we were at the end of last year, we were very defensively positioned last year. And we've been talking to people about the consequences of the end of this sort of monetary policy cycle and normalisation of interest rates. We thought that could be very disruptive uh, uh, to markets. So we were actually holding at the end of last year 20% cash. I actually thought it was going to be pretty easy coming in into this year. We were sitting in 20% cash. And we're wanting to invest the money, but we want to invest the money as markets were falling. And we we're expecting the US Federal Reserve was going to raise rates two or three times this year. And we actually had a whole series of investments we were going to make. Um, you know, I finished the year thinking we had done well last year. We had avoided most of the downturn that had happened last year. And I thought it was going to be very easy of knowing how to invest the cash this year. And I joked to our investment team after January happened when the US Federal Reserve effectively said, there are no more rate rises. And then in March, they actually said, we're going to start um, stopping our program for shrinking its balance sheet um, in that period. And that was a fundamental change. And I said to our investment team, this is a bit like Mike Tyson, uh, where he says, you know, everybody has a plan when you go into a fight until you step in the ring and you get punched in the face. And that's really what happened at the beginning of this 
this year. You know, the plan we had this year of further interest rate rises and falling asset prices, that got completely changed. And we were in 20% cash, which was very, very defensive. And as we know, over the last eight or nine months, the markets have been very strong. And then in February, we actually have become more fully invested. We started investing in February and March, and it was really hard to do because the markets weren't going down, they were going up, and everything we were buying, the next day they were more expensive than the day, uh, day before. And that's very hard as a value investor to be buying, but we knew holding 20% cash. So we're much more fully invested. We're not totally fully invested at the moment, but we're, uh, we're more fully invested because of these low, low, low interest rates. So we've bought some more defensive assets. I would say we're cautious, but it is dangerous not to be invested in an environment where interest rates are falling. Uh, but you want to have some defense because the world economy is slowing down. There is a lot of tensions between China and the United States at the moment. So getting that balance right of actually participating, but being cautious at the same time. And speaking about getting that balance right and pouncing on opportunities, I guess, as Mike Tyson would with a punch. How are you finding opportunities? Yeah, well, some of the positioning we've had is for, for a very long time. Uh, we, we, we like uh, wind in our sails. We like to have some growth in the portfolio uh, uh, as well because we like compounding money at satisfactory rates. Uh, one of my favourite quotes of all time is from Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin, one of the farthing founders of the United States of America. And he said about compound interest, money makes money, and the money that money makes, makes more money. And what you want to do is have businesses that can compound your wealth over time. So if you look at some of our very longer term investments, uh, they've been in the big payment networks like Visa and MasterCard. For the last decade, uh, they've compounded their revenues at sort of 12 to 14% per annum. And we've made around seven times our money in Visa and MasterCard, and we still hold them because of the transition away from cash and check in the world to cashless forms of payment. We all know our tap and go behaviour. Uh, whatever we do in Australia, there's so much that's moving rapidly to tap and go. Advertising shifts have been a very, very big part of our portfolio. Google and Facebook are effectively very large advertising networks and taking massive global share of traditional advertising models. Cloud computing is a new thing we're very, very focused on. As the world moves its computational power away from sort of on-premise computers where everybody has their own servers in their own offices and moving them to very large data centers uh, around the world. And what we're going to start to see is the Internet of Things and 5G, we're going to start digitalizing a lot more processes in the world. They're going to be sensors absolutely everywhere. All that data is going to be collected and analysed. New software is going to be written and it's all going to be hosted in the cloud and on the edge of uh, uh, the cloud. And we're talking trillions of dollars of addressable market. It's absolutely massive. And there's probably four hyperscale players in the world and we own three of them now. Um, uh, the four uh, Amazon, which owns the Azure uh, platform, Google, which owns the Google Cloud platform. Amazon that we don't own, but it owns uh, Amazon Web Services. And the fourth I put in that category is Alibaba, the very large Chinese tech group, um, uh, which owns the Ali Cloud. Um, and and that, that, if you take a 10 to 20 year 
uh, uh, view, the, those businesses in those companies are going to be enormously large. Some of the largest standalone businesses in the world will be those four hyperscale cloud computing uh, uh, platforms. So there are opportunities um, out there uh, at the moment. Um, changing pace now, speaking about China, um, stepping away from Alibaba with the broader geopolitical tensions that we're seeing with China and the US, the, the trade talks have been going on for some time now, and both of their economies are slowing and are potentially like, likely to slow further. So is this something that Magellan is concerned with and are you finding opportunities to invest in China? It's a really, really important question. If, if I take a 10 to 20 uh, year view, and we do take 10 to 20 year views at, at Magellan, investing in China is probably going to be one of the most important things uh, that investors uh, really have to contemplate and get right over the next 20, 10 to 20 years. It, it, I regard it as risky not to invest in China over that time frame. And if you look at what's happening to consumption uh, in China, there's still 600 million people to be urbanised in China, and they're building all the infrastructure for these cities. And as people become urbanised, it effectively drives economic growth. So while China's slowing down, its consumption society is still growing at around 8% per annum. But as you move up the income pyramid, the, the wealthier people in China, those cohorts are growing much, much faster. Uh, and you're seeing, if you look at the affluent consumer, the consumption growth rates are 20 to 30% per annum uh, at, the, uh, at the moment. And we think they could well grow at the affluent level of 15% per annum for a decade. And they're, in a world that is slowing down, there are very, very few places that you can access those sort of growth rates. But the question is, is how do you invest when there's so much uncertainty from a geopolitical point of view between China and the United States and probably the West as well. And these tensions aren't going to go away with a short-term trade truce uh, between China and the, and the United States because there are fundamental ideological differences in the technology wars, in the Asia-Pacific geopolitically uh, at, at the moment. China's rise isn't going to be stopped. These tensions aren't going to go away. Traditionally, we have accessed uh, China our investments in Yum Brands that owns KFC, Pizza Hut and Tucker Bell. KFC and Pizza Hut are very large businesses with a lot of growth opportunities in China. We've owned them for a decade. We have a large position in Starbucks. 40% of Starbucks growth is coming out of China at the moment. Um, they have 4,000 stores in China owning six, opening 600 per year and they're getting a return on their capital, a cash return on their cash investment they put into opening a new store above 80% per annum pre-tax at the moment. So we're saying is invest as much as uh, you can, and we're very large investors in Starbucks, but they're American brands. So we're saying is do we want all our eggs investing in China in only American brands? Because we well could get a backlash against American uh, brands. So we've taken some recent investments that are very exposed to China. Of course, Alibaba, which is the largest e-commerce e platform in China, 700 million consumers, 15% of retail sales in China go across Alibaba's platforms. It's twice the size of Amazon in terms of its total sales, but they've got two other very large businesses. One is called um, Ant Financial, which owns Alipay, the payments business, 
And China is much more advanced in the digitalisation of payments than any other country uh, in the world. You literally can't use Remembi to go and purchase many, uh, many goods in markets and things anymore. It's all done with QR codes, either on, on WeChat or, 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 on, or, or on Ali um, uh, uh, Pay. And of course, I've spoken about the cloud business, which they're the leading cloud business in China. And then we've bought some luxury ends, some luxury goods. Uh, we've got a large position now in, in LVMH, which owns, of course, Louis Vuitton. Um, and 30% or above 30% of Louis Vuitton's business is now comes out of China or Chinese consumers traveling around the world. And those sales to those Chinese are growing materially above 20% per annum uh, at, the, at the moment. And we've also bought a position in Estee Lauder, uh, one of the world's leading cosmetics, makeup and, and um, uh, uh, face creams. Um, uh, 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 business, and they've got a third of their business in China now, growing at 30% uh, a year. So we're taking very different Chinese business, some US business, some European businesses, but absolutely market-leading uh, businesses uh, because we're trying to diversify from that ongoing tensions. Are we concerned about the short-term noise? Look, often your best investments are taken when there is short-term noise. Alibaba is a bargain in our opinion at the moment, a lot of it is associated with the uncertainty about growth, uncertainty about trade, what's going on in Hong Kong at the moment, and often your best investments are taken during short-term periods of un uh, uncertainty. Uh, but if we take a 10 to 20 year view, we are, uh, even a five year view, I'd say we're very confident on, on each of those businesses. So a lot of people are really cottoning on to your success and your style, and they the market can't get enough of you. So over the last 13 years, the company Magellan Financial Group has grown to be one of the largest uh, firms in the funds management space. You're a top 100 ASX listed business, $93 billion of funds under management. So you're also defying the odds in terms of funds management growth. We're not usually seeing funds management growth with the other competitors, but you're clearly um, a, a step above the others. So what's in the secret sauce here at Magellan? Well, I'm not sure if there's a, there's a, there's a secret sauce. This is a very competitive business uh, at the end of the day. Markets can be very humbling and we, we are very conscious of that at, at Magellan. And, and, and whilst it looks like a tremendous success, we don't get carried away with it at all at, at Magellan. If you've met our people and you've been around our, our, our office, I think there's very little sense of hubris or getting carried away with um, or full of ourselves on it. You know, you make a few mistakes and, uh, and these markets really catch up with you um, uh, quickly. So, but, but, but what do we do and what do we focus on at Magellan? I, I, first of all, our people, um, our focus, our intense focus on, on clients. I think we spend a lot of time explaining and communicating to people. I think we've done a lot to educate Australian investors about the benefits of global investing and that certainly helped build our brand as we've done that, so the development of a brand. Uh, but really, it really comes down to investment uh, uh, performance. You know, why have we done well? I, I would say the first thing we have done well is uh, there's a famous quote uh, from Sir Isaac Newton. He said, if I've seen a little further than others, it's because I've been standing on the shoulders of giants. And at the end of the day, I fundamentally believe our investment philosophy is really standing on the shoulders of giants. 
we invest in the world's best businesses as a core tenant of what we do. I think we have an advantage. We're not trying to find the, the out of favour, deep value, cyclical stock. We're only interested in investing in a concentrated portfolio of the world's best businesses. So I think that gives us uh, an advantage. Our investment philosophy has been very influenced by some of the investment giants of the world in the past. Of course, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, uh, Benjamin, uh, Benjamin Graham, Phil Fisher. So we, 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 we've been educated by, and anyone can be educated, all the books and writings are there. There's no, there's no secret there, but a lot of people don't really follow and are very disciplined about it. We are, we're very focused and we have long duration and we let these great companies compound for us. So you know that, that quote I gave you before about the magic of compound um, uh, interest, and then we do our, do our homework, but we make mistakes as well. You know, they haven't been that frequent, but we've made some mistakes, and when we make mistakes, we, uh, we own up to them. Uh, we talk about them, and we talk about them internally, and we talk about them externally. You, you never want to kid yourself in this, uh, in, this, uh, in, this, uh, in this business, but we'll keep working hard, we'll keep trying to find great companies, um, and we hope they'll let the compounding do their, uh, do their work. Well, hopefully, and I'm sure it will, but thank you so much for having us. Hamish Douglas from Magellan Financial Group. A pleasure. Thank you for having me.